0: Welcome to The Chapel Online. At The Chapel, we're about helping people meet,
1: know, and follow Jesus on the campus, in the city, and around the world. Hey everybody, I just want to say a special Happy Mother's Day to all of you who are watching or listening today. And today, really for The Chapel, is not just a celebration of moms and mothers, but really for all Women who are part of the chapel. We're so thankful for you and really just want to say thank you to the Lord for giving you as a blessing to us. Now, we do know today is a very special day for many people, but can also be an extremely hard day uh, for some of you. It could be maybe that you lost your mom recently, um, or maybe you're a mom that has lost a child, or maybe you're a mother who isn't able to have children. Um, We just know that today can be really, really difficult, and we'll let you know that we are here for you, that we love you, and we consider you a mom, not because you have biological children, but because of the influence you've had on people um, around you. So we just wanna say thank you. Um, If you need support, please let us know. You can comment um, down below, or just email us at connect at thechapelbr.com. We would love um, to celebrate with you and also help you um, as you walk through this. Now, I do wanna say a special Happy Mother's Day uh, to my beautiful mom, um, Meredith Bates. I'm not sure if she's watching today or not, but you'll see a picture of her um, on the screen with Abigail, and yes, I took that picture. That's why the shadow is right in front of Abigail's face. Um, but I also want to say happy Mother's Day um, to my beautiful bride, Emily, um, and just the mom that she is, to sweet Abigail. It is just a super sweet thing to watch both of them be moms, one to me and then one to um, my daughter. Now, to celebrate moms and really ladies everywhere today, we're going to spend some time looking at Proverbs 31. Now, if you grew up in church, you know Proverbs 31 um, is mostly about ladies, about women, wives and mothers and all that kind of good stuff. Um, But it's not going to be just for moms and just for ladies today. So guys, don't check out. Now, Proverbs 31 is actually what is called, at least starting in verse 10, what is called an acrostic poem. That means each line starts with a successive letter of the alphabet in Hebrew. So it's Aleph, Beth, Gimel, all the way down. There's only 22 letters. That's why there's 22 verses. And it's going to outline what a woman of God is truly to be. Now, it's not going to personify an actual lady because this would be the absolute perfect woman, but really the what the ideal, what the godly woman would look like, a lady of excellence and extraordinary worth. Now, this is a, a big deal for the author of the Proverbs to, to write this out because if you read through the rest of Proverbs, you're going to see the fact that men were actually warned to stay away from women because they were dangerous and seductive. Men were said to be suspicious of all women. And this would actually make men force women to be subject to them. The stereotypes of ancient time really aren't all that different from today. We kind of categorize women in two different subsets. Either they're seductresses or they are our servants. In other words, men really have the choice to either be seduced and destroyed by women or to lord over them and subject them to their authority. But we find in Proverbs chapter 31 a third option, one that neither involved seduction or women being slaves to men. It actually is going to give us a picture of a woman as someone who is intelligent, confident, respected, honored, trustworthy, creative, and compassionate. It is going to be a beautiful picture of a woman that God calls you to. To be now, if you're a lady in here today, this this description, this idea of of womanhood, is going to be freeing. It can, you can actually be something you might have not have thought was even possible to do. And men, it's freeing for us too that we can relate to women as individuals, as people with extreme worth and dignity, both our spouse and even relationships with women who are not our spouse, showing that we can honor them and show their worth. So if you're a woman listening today, whether you're a mom, you're married, or plan to be or not, today is absolutely for you. And if you're not a mom or not a woman, which means you're a God, don't check out today either because today is for you as well. There's actually going to be a clear challenge for guys in this passage. There's going to be a clear challenge for what we are to do for biblical womanhood. Now, before I begin, I know, I get it. I'm a man talking about women And two women. I absolutely get it. I am not a woman, even though I love singing Shana Twain. Man, I feel like a woman, but I'm not. I'm not a woman. I'm not a mom. I'm not a wife. But I will have a special guest join me later on to walk through what this looks like. So without further ado, to be able to get to her, let's dive in. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. It says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. So who, who is a godly woman? A godly woman is valuable, worthy, and difficult to find. Now, now, this verse really immediately follows words that were spoken from a mom to her son. And we see right here the most important piece, <clears throat> find a wife of noble character. Now we'll fully unpack what this noble character is in the next few verses, but it's really this. It's, it's honest, it's kind, compassionate, responsible, and Christ-minded. That is what nobility looks like. But I want you to look back at what it says about nobility in this verse. It says, A wife, a noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Now the writer is saying this, that a woman of noble character is worth more than rubies, literally jewels in the Hebrew, which is the measurement of worth and value back in this time. But I wanna make sure that we don't miss what makes her valuable. It's her character. It's her character that makes her valuable. Not her physical appearance, not her beauty, not the fact that she's tall, tan, manicured, and high-heeled, not her family money or the inheritance that she will one day get. Not her fame or popularity or her business or her cultural success. Not even her talent or her charm. Her noble character. The women that are godly women are precious and attractive and valuable because of their character and their compassion. And this is the type of woman who is literally a gift from God. And guys, this is who you pray for. This is the woman you pray that you will marry. This is the woman that you pray over your wife to become. We don't pray for a smoking hot blonde with a Corvette, a beach condo, and a 401k. Not that any of those are bad, but that's not what is truly valuable. What is valuable is a woman with character. And ladies, I want you to hear me really, really clearly right now. If you check out the rest of the time, that's fine. Just hear this. Your worth is who you are, not what you do. Your worth is who you are, not what you look like. It's based on your character, not your clothes size. It's how you follow Jesus. It's how you love others, not the measurements of your body or the numbers in your bank account. It is about who you are that brings about your nobility, not at all what you look like or what you do. And I want you to notice the, the question the writer asked here, who can find who can find a woman like this? And I love that. And this is this type of woman is not just valuable; she's also rare. And it's really rare to find a good man too. And you see that in Proverbs chapter twenty, verse six. But I want you to see this, ladies: be rare, be precious, be valuable. Men, look for this, want this, pray for this, honor these type of women, those who are noble. And guys, when you find a woman who is like this, like I have my wife, hang on to her, love her, and honor her. But we'll talk more about that a little bit later. What makes a woman valuable is not what she looks like. It's not what she does. It is truly who she is with him. Look at verse 11. It says, her husband has full confidence in her and, and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So a godly woman is also trustworthy and committed to her husband. She's committed to her husband. Even if you're not married, you can still be committed to the husband one day or you can still be committed to the purity God calls you to. So this is not just for wives. This is for all ladies. And really, this boils down to trust. It's what holds all of our relationships together. Marriage, parent-child, boss-employee, siblings. Relationships are held together by trust. And what does the writer say here? The husband has full confidence in her. Full confidence literally means trust in his heart. It is a down deep trust. And the only other time that this language is really used in scripture is in when it refers to the relationship between God and his people. It shows the relationship between a husband and wife is a spiritual relationship. It's a spiritual connection. He trusts her integrity, he trusts her love, he trusts her protection of his well-being. He never has any doubt where she stands with him. Now this was incredibly big back in the day that this was written because back then whenever a husband would leave town, he would actually lock up everything in the house before he left because he didn't trust his wife. It's the modern day equivalent of taking all the credit cards with him and monitoring the home with video cameras. Like, that, that's how bad it was back in this day. So to hear that a husband could fully trust within his heart his wife is a big deal. And full trust is a big deal even in today's time because once trust is breached, there's suspicion. And once there's suspicion, there seems to always be suspicion. And everything rises to that level. Everything rises to the level of suspicion and distrust. And distrust attacks a relationship like cancer. Be a godly woman because a godly woman is trustworthy and committed. She means no harm to her husband and she's going to protect him at all costs. She's going to put him first with every decision she makes. She's going to love him as the man he can be. And if he's not that yet, she'll call him to rise to the occasion. She's trustworthy. He's just committed to her husband. Look at verse. 13, and this is where we're kind of going to shift to some bigger passages through the scripture. Verse 13, it says, She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She, she, She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindles with her fingers. And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate. See guys, we still have something to do there too, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. And what we see in all of those words is this, is that a godly woman is devoted to her home. A godly woman is devoted to her home. Now, let me state the obvious about what we just read. Not all of these are still relevant today, at least as far as the specific tasks and specific practices are concerned. Let's be honest, not many women hand select wool or flax for for their homes and for their clothes. Not all women get up while it's still night to provide for hired servants to feed, Not many buy fields and plant vineyards, engage in public trading goods, not stocks. Not many keep their lamp from going out all night or hold the distaff and spindle, whatever the heck those things are. Not many make their own beddings, wear linen and purple every day, and not many women make clothes to sell and sashes for the merchants. Those things aren't necessarily culturally relevant tasks in our context today, but there are principles to apply. There are principles to apply both to women today and how she is to be devoted to her home. Look at verse 13 and verse 17. It says, she works with eager hands. She sets about her work vigorously. Those are principles we can pull out and apply today. A godly woman is full of energy, full of excitement, full of joy to take care and provide for her family. She does it eagerly. She does it vigorously. Her heart is full of delight and love for her family. This could be making clothes, it could be washing full of laundry, it could be cooking, it could also be working outside of the home, being an accountant, being a teacher, leading a business. No matter what it is, she does it with full hands, eager hands, she does it vigorously. Look at verse 14, it says, bringing her food from afar. Now, this does not mean she goes to Mexico to get supper or even that she goes across town to get milk. It's really referencing that she makes the extra effort to bring variety and excitement and joy to her family. Yes, potentially in food, but also in experiences. She makes sure her home life is not dull. She's invigorated with bringing life to her family. Verse 15, it says, She gets up while it is still night. Now, before you turn this off, I'm not saying wake up every day at 5 a.m. I just want to pull the principle of what the writer was talking about here. Now, back in the day, work actually began at daylight. I know some of you have never even seen a sunrise, but work would begin at daylight. So for the lady to provide for her family and also servants, for them to be fed, she had to start way before daylight. Really, the principle is this. She's up early to prepare for the day. Now, this can mean in our context that mom is up before everybody else to prepare breakfast, lunch, backpacks, to work out, whatever that might be. But I think it's really primarily about her preparing her heart for her to spend time with the Lord so she's ready to love and to lead her family. I think that's really what God wants us to get here for a godly woman is she prepares in the morning for the day by spending time with him. See, verse 16 and verse 18 say this, She considers a field and buys it. She sees that her trading is profitable. Now what we see here is she's economically wise and she has the best interest financially for her home. She's all about stewardship. She's about the betterment of her family, not a better car. She does what is good for others and in the love and the power of God. She's responsible when it comes to money. And she does it to take care of those around her, not just for herself. A godly woman is devoted to her home. And this doesn't mean she washes all the dishes or folds all the clothes, it means that she cares for her family and leads them in a way where they're provided for and also they're pushed towards the Lord. Look at verse 20. It says she opens up her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. A godly woman is generous to the poor. A godly woman is generous, and I would say generous to anyone who is in need, which means she not only cares for and provides for those in her home, but also those who are not fortunate enough to be in her home. She shows true godly compassion for everyone who has a need. And I want you to see this. She doesn't just speak about it. She doesn't just post on Instagram about it. She doesn't just ask someone else to do something about it. She does it herself. She gets intimately involved in the needy's life. She opens her arms. She extends her hand. She gets involved. And again, we see this. All she does and all she profits and all she has is given to those who need her, both inside her home and also out. A godly woman is unselfish, sacrificial, and compassionate. She is always asking the question, what does love require of me but she doesn't just ask it she also answers it not with words but with actions she is generous to the poor she's generous to those who need her let's jump to verse 25 says she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come this shows us something really cool it shows that a godly woman is strong and noble Now, I want to be very clear. The strength here that's referenced isn't being buffed like Louisa from Encanto. And if you haven't watched Encanto yet, you need to watch it. It's really, really good. The music's great, and Abigail loves to dance to it. But what this strength is referencing here is an unwavering, uncompromising resolve to always do what's right. It's strong, consistent character. It doesn't falter, it doesn't fall to temptation. This woman, this godly woman is consistent and committed, noble, and really the word is dignity here. It's, It's called to be above the common class, above the common standard. And this isn't talking about finances, this is talking about virtue. A godly woman is classy, not bougie, but classy. She's virtuous. She possesses character that stands far above those around her. And she doesn't stand above those around her to look down her nose. She stands above those around her because she cares deeply for them. And because of her character, because of her nobility, because of her strength, she can laugh at the days to come. Now it's not because the days to come are funny or comedic, it means because no matter how tough these days are, no matter how difficult they're gonna be, and I just wanna be honest with you, days are coming and already are here that are pretty tough, she can laugh at them, why? Because she is prepared. Because of her character, she can face anything. Because of her faith in the Lord, she can face anything. And then she can enjoy the here and the now because she's not afraid of tomorrow. A godly woman is strong and noble. Look at verse 26. So she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. What we see here, guys, is a god, I mean, godly woman, she's wise. She is wise in all her ways. Now, I want you to see this. She speaks with wisdom, not because she's intelligent, which she is, She speaks with wisdom from experience. She speaks with wisdom because of her experience with the Lord. Her wisdom is rooted in God and his word, which could be some of the Proverbs that that you could read if you want to dive back into the earlier Proverbs. But this is rooted in God's kindness, which becomes hers, his compassion, which becomes hers, his stewardship, his discernment, which all become hers. Her character is what has given her credibility for people to pay attention when she speaks, for people to pay attention when she acts. And we see here, she's not idle. She's not lazy. She's always caring for her home and others. It's an active, godly life and faith that reveals her wisdom. And that active faith, that active life is actually what impacts those around her. Not just words she's speaking, but actual actions she's taking and revealing to those around her. Let's look at verse 28, and this is really kind of the crux of all of this whole passage and really is the challenge to guys and children on how we respond to this godly woman. It says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And these are famous words you might have heard before. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Bottom line for this message is this, a godly woman is a gift from God and should be praised. A godly woman is a gift from God who should be praised. Yes, by her husband, yes, by her home, but also by the whole entire community. So kids, if you're listening, when I say kids, not just 12-year-olds, but those of you whose mom is still living, bless her today. Call her, thank her, encourage her, and whether she's your biological mom or not, bless the lady, bless the woman who is taking care of you. Bless the woman who has shown you what it looks like to be someone after God's heart. Call them and bless them today. I'm going to call my mom today. As soon as I get off of of this filming this, I'm going to go call her and tell her how much I love her and how thankful I am for her. Kids, bless your mom today. And husbands, we actually get a word-for-word blessing here to give to our wives. It literally says this, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Say this to your wife today. I'm going to say this to my wife when I get home today. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And don't just say this to your wife. Believe this about your wife. Pray this over your wife. Even if it's not true yet, it's probably more true than you think it is, but even if it's not true yet, pray it over her, and God will work within her to help rise, help them, help her rise to this occasion. Ladies, I'm gonna speak to you for a second. Here, here's the example. Live up to it. Here's the example. Live up to it. This isn't me telling you to do it. This is me begging you to do it because we need you in this world. We don't just need you to be strong and be business-minded to be entrepreneurial. We don't need you just to, to birth babies. We we need you for all those things, but mainly we need you to be godly. We need you to be motherly. We need you to be wifely, if that's a word. We need you to follow the Lord and show us what this looks like because our faith. Our faith will not be the same if you're not engaged. Our life will not be the same if you're not engaged. Our church, our world will not be the same if you're not engaged. But if you do, if you step into this, if you begin to live in this godly way, I can imagine what God might do. Here's the example, live up to it. Now, like I stated earlier, I'm not a woman, I'm not a mom, I'm not a wife, so I actually invited someone to join me today, really for us to have a conversation about what it looks like to strive to be a Proverbs 31 woman, the ups, the downs, the blessings. So I want to invite you to listen to a conversation I have with my good friend, Tori, who is our Associate Next Steps Director here at the Chapel. Hey, Tori, thanks for joining us here today as we talk about Proverbs 31.
0: That's right, well, thanks so much for having me, Andrew. Uh, Preparing for this has has just been such a blessing uh, for me, Uh, but I also feel like I need to clarify something because I'm not here because I'm a stellar example of what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman, but what I am is transformed by Jesus, redeemed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I want to make sure we all know that going into this. And I hope, that I, I, I hope that our time together today um, can focus on the transformation that happens when that truth comes to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that it can be authentic and real and also just celebrate what yeah. it means to be um, a woman who's a follower of Jesus.
1: Yeah. So we got some pictures of your kids. They're gonna be on screen right now. So tell us a little exactly. bit about your family yeah. and just kind of what it means to you to be a mom.
0: Absolutely, well, um, I have four incredible kids. They are Virginia, Beau, Sarah, Jane and John. So we've got two little pairs, girl, mm-hmm. boy, girl, boy. Uh, my husband, Ricky, we've been married for 12 years and being a mom has just been an incredible part of my faith journey. Um, It was really when Ricky and I got married and whenever we had our kids that uh, the Lord just pulled me so much closer to him. And it's really been special, been special, Um, but it's not always easy, not always easy. It's not
1: easy for me to be a mom either. So (laughs) that's why I brought you here. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about whenever you started to dive into Proverbs 31, Mm -hmm. what you saw, what you understood, what challenged you and what excited you.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yeah. When you told me it was going to be Proverbs 31 that we were talking about, I laughed out loud because uh, this passage and I have not always had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if any of you can relate to that as well. Um, but what I immediately see are things that I am not and a person that I'm not. Um, and the word that keeps bubbling up here is expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, expectations that um, we put on ourselves, expectations that others, put on us. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's about that, but at first glance, I think that's where where your mind goes. And I would also pair that with perfection. Mm. You know, there's this idea that we have to act a certain way, be a certain way. Our homes have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you read this as encouraging and as beautiful as this illustration is, there's some things I struggle with. Um, Yeah, just a little bit. Right. So I wanted to read uh, a couple of them to you. So in verse 11, it says her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. That's amazing. Now yes. I can't always say that I do the things that I that I say I'm going to do. Um, and there's been times where I've forgotten to pay the water bill, truth be told. I'm 35 years old and I forget sometimes. So does my husband have confidence in the things that I'm doing? I don't know, yes. I don't know, but it says he always does. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I struggle with as well. And then verse uh, 27, which is really special and very sweet. It says, she watches over the affairs of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Mm. Watching over your household. I have four kids. We're coming up to the end of the school year, um, which means I have four different end-of-the-year parties. I have teachers, presents, which many times become not end-of-the-year presents, but midsummer presents, if I'm being honest. Um, and that's just a lighthearted example. I yeah. love, you know, I love to be part of my kids' school and their mm-hmm. lives. Um, but when you work, you have your four kids, you've got your husband, all the things that are incredible blessings, Mm -hmm. that person's really hard. And then it says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. I'm always moving, I'm always doing something, but am I doing the right (laughs) things? You know, Am I present? Am I there for my kids? Mm -hmm. Um, Am I supporting my husband? Um, Am I choosing to do the right things? And so I just keep on going to this idea of how do we reconcile this? Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful passage It seems like a lot of expectation, high expectations. But what I noticed during this time, since you've asked me to look at this passage, is uh, verse 10, at the very beginning, it says, a wife of noble character. Now, where does that nobility come from? It's not something that you're married into, Mm -hmm. this person was married into, it's not something that she's earned, Mm -hmm. it's something that was given to her. And that's a part of being in the kingdom of God. And it's about having the Holy Spirit transform you and um, being, you know, a follower of Jesus. And what I like to see this as not expectation, (laughs) not perfection. Again, it's transformation. And so it's inviting the Holy Spirit to be a part of your life, um, to transform you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what you start to see here, I think, are those actions starting to transform.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to positioning ourselves to be transformed what what does that look like you, for you for as a mom as mm-hmm. a wife as a lady just as a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. how do you set yourself up for that
0: transformation i love it well it's been a process mm-hmm. and it's an ongoing process um but there's three kind of things that i've gleaned from this passage that the lord has really mm-hmm. directed me towards um and it goes back again to the beginning this nobility idea of nobility, where does that come from? And mm-hmm. it starts, I think, with abiding in him. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say abide, you abide with him, in him, um, arrive, you show up for your family mm-hmm. and you thrive. All those other things that we spend so much time on, those start to, you know, reap those <laughs> benefits. And so in um, John chapter 15, starting in verse four, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. Mm-hmm. No branch can bear fruit by itself, It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do Nothing apart from Jesus, <laughs> nothing in Proverbs 31 is going to happen. So it starts with abiding, abiding in Jesus. And for mm-hmm. me, that means being in his word. It means spending time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a journal that I that I write in all the time. Um, but it also means being in a community of believers um, that are are also abiding yeah. and following after and looking at what it means to be a Proverbs mm-hmm. 31 woman. Um, and so I would say abide. And then secondly, arrive. <laughs> Just be present. I've shared this with you. I have a really hard time doing that. Um, it's hard for me. I may be physically present at home, but my brain still has not disconnected from where I where I just came from. And I, I like to see it as, um, you know, one of those old time phone lines where you would call the operator and, you know, they would take, they would physically disconnect the wire and put it in. Makes me think
1: of Sarah off of Andy Griffith. Yeah, other. yeah, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so you've yeah. seen it, you know what yeah. I'm talking
0: about? Like it's that physical disconnect mm-hmm. that happens. Um And so that's something that I pray for all the time yeah. is for uh, for me to be present with my family, to arrive, to mm-hmm. be there. And that's a lot of what you see in this passage is this idea of being there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned a great a quote this past weekend from our founder, Donald Tab, who said, Your best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. And so just so being good. there for your family, overseeing the affairs of your household mm-hmm. is, is really a game changer. So you've got to abide, mm-hmm. you've got to arrive, and then lastly, thrive. I love
1: that alliteration, finally. Yeah. I like get that from you. I like that. <laughs>
0: It's like I've been listening. Um, So abide, arrive, and thrive. Um, I think a lot of times I like to jump from um, or jump straight to thrive. Mm -hmm. You know, all those tertiary things that are going around us, um, you know, we like to put our our focus on that. Um, But what I start to see is if you get your priorities in the right way. Abiding, arriving, that all those things around you will start to grow Mm. as well. And I love here again in Proverbs 31, I believe it is in verse 16, it says, She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. And I, you know, I've got that entrepreneurial spirit. (laughs) Um, I I love coming to Andrew with new ideas. And so um, when I find myself focusing there, and not paying attention to all the other things, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a reflection of Christ, and mm-hmm. I think that's something that, um, again, this passage is pointing towards. Yeah. You know that it's it's through Him that nobility that you identify with and associate with is is a reflection of God's glory and His mm-hmm. grace. So mm-hmm. that's
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking to remain, um, remain in Him to abide, we're looking mm-hmm. to arrive, we're looking to, to thrive. Um, what blessing do you see coming out of that? So mm. we, we see in this passage, we see kind of the calling, the God's calling us up as women, not as women, but for women. He's calling you up. Mm. Um, so what, what does that blessing look like as God calls you up that he kind of pours into your life? So explain what that blessing would be.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I like to look at this word blessing. I'm going to change it just mm-hmm. a bit um, because I think the word blessing can sometimes be a little overused, yeah. maybe a little loaded in our in our culture. <laughs> um, I'm going to pre- replace that with desire. Hmm. What are the desires of your heart? Um, my life verse is, as I'm sure you've heard me say before, <laughs> a couple times, a couple yeah. times. Um, Psalm 37:4, take delight in the Lord yeah. and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I think that um, as you are transformed mm-hmm. by the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit, that your desires become, his desires mm-hmm. and the blessings that you begin to see are things that He's placed on your heart to focus on. Sure. And then you see them come to be and it's awesome. Yeah. And so um, as I've as I've gone through Proverbs 31, I, I took a verse a day, which is something that I would recommend to any of you um, and just to focus on. And I remember in verse 13, it talks about having eager hands, oh, yeah. <laughs> having eager hands. Um, and so all day I prayed and I spoke and I wrote it down in my journal. God, give me eager hands. Show me how I can serve my family. And uh, he he did it. (laughs) He absolutely did it. And the blessing that I saw there were the opportunities given that I could see that he was so clearly directing me (laughs) towards um, and again, that comes from that transformation, that, yeah. that outward expression of an inward change. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what this is all about. Yeah. Um, I think as wife, mom, woman, follower of Jesus is allowing, um, God to use you as a servant mm-hmm. for the people around you that he's, he's given you to love and to care for. Um, and that is, that's really we're celebrating.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. And yeah. And want we'll to do that? We really want to want to celebrate not just moms, not just um, wives, not just ladies, but also Christ followers. I want to celebrate you um, for all you do. One for the body here at the chapel, even online. Um, thank you for putting yourself out there because once it's on the internet, it kind of lives it lives forever. Um, but then also just example you are to our ladies and what it mm-hmm. looks like to be a wife to Ricky um, and a mother to your kids. So I want to pray over you, but also pray over all of our ladies um, that'll be there. I'm going to ask the people to do this in the room. So if you're at home or driving or something, you don't have to exactly do this, but 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 husbands, if you're there or sons, if you're there, um, if you would stand up around your mom, stand up around your sister, stand up around your wife um, and just show this as a place of honor um, as I pray for Tori and also pray for you. So, Lord, we thank you for, Lord, for the gift of women. I thank you for the gift of women in my life, my beautiful bride, my sweet little baby girl, and also my mom, just the difference they have made for me, not just as a man, not just as a person, but as a Christ follower. Um, Lord, I pray that you would just bless them and you'd be with them. God, I thank you for Tori. Um, Lord, the friendship that we have, but God, also the example she is, not just as a mom, not just as a wife, God, but also just as a Christ follower, someone who loves you deeply. And gotta pray that you bless her in that. I pray that you bless her family, bless Ricky, or bless the kids and continue to let them live a life that's honoring to you. And Lord, for all the ladies that are listening in, watching, driving, whatever this looks like, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, I pray that they would have the desires of you within their heart. Therefore, you give it to them and they can see your faithfulness. So Lord, we just pray that you would be with them. I pray that your face would shine upon them. God, I pray that they would see their value and their worth in you and not by what they do. So God, we pray that you would just be with them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Tori, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
1: I just want to say thank you again to Tori for taking time, one, to have this conversation and to dive into Proverbs 31 with me. I love you, I love Ricky, I love your kids. It's just an awesome opportunity, one, to have you on staff with us, but also as a friend. And again, I want to say Happy Mother's Day to you, to all the ladies out there, whether you're a biological mom or not. Like I said earlier, we need you. And we don't just need you as women, we need you as godly women. So I want to challenge you to work towards this to fall in love with Jesus, allow him to transform everything in your life like Tori said, and allow him to use you to change the world. Now, if you have questions about anything you heard, if you wanna jump on the Bible reading for this week, you can email us at connect or go to our website, thechapelbr.com. No matter what it is, let us know what we can do for you. But more than anything, if you're a mom, live up to this standard. And if you're not a mom, let your mom know how much you love her and let your wife, if you're a husband, know how much you love her. Let me pray for you. Father, again, I thank you for all the moms and all the ladies who are listening and watching today. God, I thank you for my mom and for my wife and even my sweet little baby girl. God, I pray that you would bless the three of them and also bless all the ladies who are watching today. God, that they would see their worth is not... God, not based on what they do, what they look like, or how they're seen in this world. God, their worth is based in you and what you say about them. And Father, you say that they are loved. Father, you say that they are worthy. And ultimately, you say that they are yours. So Father, I pray that that would be just so evident in our life today. And I pray that we, as guys, for once, can put ourselves out of our own mind and show them today how much we love them. We love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. To find out more about the chapel, visit thechapelbr.com.